You're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Tonight is the big night. President Biden will deliver his State of the Union. Now, there's some other news today, big news, obviously, out of Duxbury, and that is the fact that the mother charged there is now going to be arraigned. So this should be very dramatic. This is, of course, Lindsay Clancy. From what we understand, she will be at the hospital and will be arraigned via Zoom. She is being charged with three murders, but what should be interesting today on this Tuesday is going to be what details that the prosecutors um, give us a little bit more about this case. All right, let's hear. This is the uh, Channel 12 piece, I believe. Death set to appear in court today. Plymouth County District Attorney's Office says 32-year-old Lindsay Clancy will appear via video conference from her hospital bed. She was hurt after jumping from a second-story window at her Duxbury, Massachusetts home last month. Her attorney argues she was heavily medicated at the time and lacks criminal responsibility. Right, well, I don't know how that's going to hold up, but we're going to find out now. There was very interesting yesterday, uh, those that remember, I certainly do, Johnston Buttonhole Golf Course. It was a young couple that was carjacked, and then this uh, group of goon of, of gang dangerous thieves took them to Buttonhole, Go- Buttonhole Golf Course and executed them and took their SUV. Well, now one of them, and I remember him, one of them is, in fact... He wants a new trial. Kenneth, Kenneth Day, you may remember there was the picture of him sneering at the camera when they were dragged into court. Let's hear this, uh, but he wants a, a new trial. This is a piece that Channel 12 did on it. Style slaying is seeking a new trial. I'm Shannon Heggie. I'm Mike Montecalvo. Only Target 12 was there as Kenneth Day took the stand today, arguing his defense attorney withheld critical information from him when he was convicted back in 2004. Target 12 investigator Tim White here now with the exclusive details. In 2000, Jason Burgesson and Amy Shute were carjacked, driven to a golf course, and shot to death. Today, the victim's families were in court to face one of the men convicted in this horrific case. And the case now in hearing shall be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. I do. On Monday, 44-year-old Kenneth Day asked Judge Francis Darrigan for a new trial, claiming 20 years ago his attorney did not tell him prosecutors offered a plea deal that would have meant the possibility of parole. Day was convicted at trial and sentenced to life without parole. He didn't do the right thing because... He tried to get me to plead guilty to life without parole. Day was one of four men who took part in the carjacking of Jason Burgesson and Amy Shute, both 20 years old. They were driven to Buttonhole Golf Course in Johnston. Day's co-defendant, Gregory Floyd, shot the pair execution style. As far as you're concerned, you didn't pull the trigger, so you were, you were all set, right? No, I never said that. I just told you. If I was there, I was there. I mean, I am guilty of something. But did I pull the trigger? Everybody knows who pulled the trigger. Prosecutor said Day urged Floyd to kill them. Mr. Floyd was lying when he suggested that you're the one who said to bring the gun that night? He was lying. He was lying. Okay. The victim's families and their supporters were at Monday's hearing. Kelly Burgesson Sirtis is Jason's sister. The remorse that he's showing is only for himself. There is no remorse for Jason and Amy. Um, he's sorry now 
um, because he would like a life lesser sentence. Sirtis and the rest of the family have for decades endured multiple trials and hearings. They will likely learn the judge's decision in late spring. Jason and Amy were given a life sentence they cannot escape from, and um, we're here living this life without him, and, you know, we don't get an appeal. As for the others, Floyd died in prison in 2021 of cancer. Samuel Sanchez and Harry Burdick are serving a life sentence without parole. And Raymond Anderson is scheduled to be released from prison in 2032. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News. You know, that is amazing. I also want to point out, and nothing against Channel 12. They said they were the only ones in the courtroom. I, I mean, that was at Kent County. If I had known about that, I would have gone to it. I don't particularly think that the courts do a very good job in letting us know about some of these cases that are up. I think it's definitely lacking. There's a lot of parts about our, our court system between the fact that they don't let you film inside as much as I think it should be allowed uh, to also the fact that on something like that, it's it's tough to try to find information. And many times when I, when I even go to the courthouse sometimes it's I, like i i know why i'm there i know what i'm looking for and it still can be difficult to try to find the information in there's no shortage of money there that's one thing they can't say uh, one of the reasons is because they simply they don't have the money that's that's not there's plenty of money and there's plenty of people making money now investigation continues and they're saying very little about the discovery of the woman's body in the Burville Pond. It is it is so odd. This also, um, you know, other people are starting to pick up on that it was just December. I was there, December 21st, Wednesday, I believe. Person finishing uh, fishing on Carbuncle Pond, Coventry, found another body, another female. Rhode Island, this is Channel 10 now. Rhode Island State Police are leading that investigation. They're not releasing the name of the woman or any information connected to it. State police will not say if there's any relation to the body found in Burville. So there are people, and I don't say this lightly, but so, you know, and that's, by the way, I want to point this out. That's just two that they have found. That doesn't mean that there are other, aren't other bodies of women be, being dumped in these ponds. I think it's, there's a number of people that are speculating and just wondering why the secrecy from the state police. Is it possible? Is it possible there's some kind of a serial killer out there? Someone said, well, it's only two. But, well, first of all, it's only, I like that for it's only two bodies. That's number one. But number two, that's, they've only found, they found two bodies. I don't know if I would use the word only. They have found two bodies. But, Let's see what we find out about the body found in Burville. Little Round Top Pond. Because I wonder if that could give us clues into what happened in Coventry. One thing that is very unusual is the tight-lipped nature of the Rhode Island State Police. And I mean nothing. They don't they have not said a word. They won't give any information. Not a name, zero. Um, I have contacted them several times. I again sent information. And, you know, they, they'll, they'll send out all this stuff of there's going to be a press conference to say uh, drive sober or get pulled over. But they won't say 
anything about this particular story now. Now, I just wonder how many bodies are they going to find before people start to question what, what exactly is going on here? How come, you know, what is happening that they're finding the bodies of these women in local ponds and the Rhode Island State Police just continue to not say anything about it? Very, very odd at the very least. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for, for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401-434-1510. Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Joining right now is one of my siblings, happens to be independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I'd like to start off with this just bizarre scenario with this uh, Chinese spy balloon that not only kind of surfaced in in a way so to speak Mm. on thursday it really came to the attention it was because some people spotted it in billings montana it may weigh its uh, its way across the country by by late friday into saturday morning it was a full cable news uh you know event where everyone could track the coverage made its way to south carolina and then um was finally with a missile brought down overseas I, I I don't think the story's over yet um, there's a lot of ramifications here but i'd I'd like to hear your thoughts on this Chinese spy balloon yes and good to be with you John um I agree um I think the whole thing uh is is very not only just confusing it's it's concerning of of how it was handled what is any kind of message or maneuver that is being sent by the Chinese. Um, It's not a weather balloon. I mean, I I think there's a lot to this. And as you say, this is not over. I I think this is maybe the beginning of something that could be not putting, you know, us in a good place. Um, And I also think what is troubling, I, I myself, before some of this coverage is coming out, like the question of, the fact that, John, that we are supposed to believe that the U.S. military, with everything they watch, was, quote, not aware, by the way. Right. I don't think, I, I think it's going to come out that they were aware and oddly were trying to, what, ignore it? I mean, it was civilians, right? And then it was on social media. And then so right. it, was, it was all very odd in that way, John, like how it played out. Um, I, I don't believe for a minute 
that that some levels of the Pentagon were not aware, you know, like I say, I mean, I think so. I find that even troubling itself. Like, what does that mean? So they knew it was a Chinese balloon. It gets into airspace. They say, well, they're picking up intelligence all the time. Well, what does that mean, though? It was right. it was over all these states of the U.S. Yeah. It was um, I find it very troubling because wasn't it major over also where our nuclear arsenal is, you know, strategic position, you know, way out in the northwest. So it's in that kind of a thing. It, it you get the sense not only are we not heard remotely the whole story. I, I want to say, John, I also think it raises a lot of troubling questions um, it's a pattern with this administration uh, that I think they always will just put the political calculus first. And right. I think this coming in advance of his State of the Union speech, I think they thought, oh, gee, you know, we don't want this out. I, and sure. so I think they were counting on that they would like sort of what, take care of it quietly. And then they didn't know that, you know, regular amateur people saw it. So I agree. I think it's kind of strange. I do think, again, it's a pattern with them. I think it, Biden, like, oddly, John, they almost, you get the feeling they want to duck any conflict. Yes. Um, they they really do. And and I might make a note, if, if I can, that if you think back, here we are a year later, and you did your own terrific reporting on the ground in the Ukraine war, by the way. Um, like, look at this. I mean, not only is that still raging on, but if you think back, remember Biden made odd comments, yes. almost like to, to signal to Russia, well, if it's just a little incursion. That's right. I don't know if, the line. You know, I don't know if people remember that. So I think that was odd. And it was like he didn't. He, it's like, John, he doesn't want to get his hands dirty with these no. really big issues and these like major um th these are enemies in many ways of the u.s and and they don't like to talk in that language absolutely yeah yes so now donna perry you know you raise a very good point and you wonder about just think of the optics of this it's not a plane flying over it's right it's a balloon you know and it's slowly purposely though and, and supposedly incredible equipment aboard but i think it also calls it the question just do we have like a president that this was a decision need to be made? And he's saying yes. on Wednesday, he called for it to be shot down. This is after the fact. But you, you <laughs> just wonder if somehow, maybe because of the current mental, physical state he's in, if it, is it possible that he was unable to to make a decision on this? It's, it's Good very point. concerning and troubling when you go back to, you know, they found, as we know, those they found those documents before the election and then the White House Good kind of point. kept it under wraps. Right. You just wonder in a situation like this where someone needs to make a decision in real time. Let's face it. This is a decision that a president would have to make. Have to make. I, I would just I wonder if he and the white if they just kind of froze up and he it, it was beyond him to make a decision because I also understand the criticism of what what was the point of shooting it down once it had gone across our country? Right. And, and, and well, that's the thing, John, also, and you raise that's an excellent point. Like, as a commander-in-chief, any time the Pentagon, as far as I understand, at a basic level, you, they do need the president's, like, right. blessing. Okay. So that, you know, the Secretary of Defense cannot on his own, you know, do that. But I think, again, John, they always have political calculus, but also it could have been 
Tuesday, okay, you know, Mr. Pre- they, you know, they're in the whatever they call the secret war room. Mr. President, has he reached his decision? Is it communicated to them? Um, he hasn't reached his decision. Right. And then exactly. it's Tuesday night, and then it's Wednesday, and all this stuff. And then they're saying, look, the me, you know, John, they're very, of course, the reactionary, the media coverage. They're saying, oh, the media's running with this like crazy. Yep. Like you gotta. So you can almost see many days played out. They also, in my view. It was almost more important. They were kind of thinking like, well, let, you know, Blinken go over and they wanted this high profile meeting. Yes. J.D., they you know what? They wanted that because they want Biden to be sitting there with Xi Jinping uh, in a future meeting. And then they think Mm. that's going to be the optics and the photos and look like, oh, uh, you know, he's shaking the hands and they'll say the U.S. and China has now like reset you know, their relationship and all this stuff. And, and I just think like, it's real. They were almost like embarrassed by the public knew, and it was wildly covered in the media before yes. they, then they're playing catch up ball on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not the first time it's happened. You just wonder, uh, Donna Perry, if, you know, there was a window of opportunity, if they were going to shoot it down, it was over Alaska. Uh, right. Obviously right. That's Alaska true. Right. Why not was, do that? There was a chance there I almost just get the feeling, I wonder if Biden, it's almost like he wishes it to go away. Instead, just the optics of it, the the balloon very slowly but surely drifting down over Montana. By the time it came over to Montana and the rest of the country, now it is, you know, too late. But I I just, and before we wrap up on this, I, I find it troubling if, in fact, right now, and it's hard to see it another way, that that China is not, testing him you know some generals absolutely it wasn't so much the intelligence of what they may be able to get on board this spy balloon but more importantly but our reaction to it and yeah and it's hard to argue if they had not shot it down or they knew a way to capture it i might think okay this had a rhyme and reason to it they have the mechanisms to able to capture the thing but when they (laughs) did shoot it down and at that Pentagon briefing on Friday that I found really incredible, where the general in, in charge at the Pentagon was asked, would they shoot it down if it if it started to drift over Washington, D.C.? Right. It really seemed to open us up that we are very vulnerable simply because, you know, with all the different plans we have, this sounds like they were just not prepared for this slow moving balloon that was floating at 60,000 feet, you know, above us. Oh, I, I, I agree. And I agree that this is completely testing the U S and to yeah. me, this is like Xi Jinping, like po- poking his finger right in the eye right. of Biden. Um, and there's no question, John, he, they, we saw how, what they did with Hong Kong. They mm-hmm. want to take Taiwan back into the fold. That's, that, right. that's a really big deal. And I think yes. that they are testing his uh the medal of of you know our nearly 80 year old president and etc and i mean i just do and i think it's just troubling how it's all played out um and where our nuclear arsenal is and by the way one last just quick point on this it doesn't mean that it's just you know is china giving this to putin maybe like you know once they have intel and and they have all these you know um photos and you know they do it in a highly you know sophisticated way that is way beyond photos but that's the thing like so they're are they doing this for someone else are they in league with someone else i mean right. it's no secret putin 
really hates how much money and how involved yes. we are in the Ukraine yeah. conflict. Yep, so. it's Russia and China. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401 401- 885-4209 in Massachusetts. You can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane heating and cooling. It's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment It's Propane Plus, and remember with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, call them at 508-252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, call them 401-885-4209. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, Donna Perry. Well, DJ, um, it is that time of year. You've been in Washington when it happens. It is the State of the Union. Uh, I have to admit, I mean, as much as a lot of it's just a droning on, the live element of it, the fact that you have President Biden, that who knows what kind of gas <laughs> could go off. Uh, but in some ways, this this is important. And, and look at what's happened now between you know, the balloon and then the police situation in Memphis and people are still questioning whether or not he should actually go for another term. I'm just curious what, you know, what's it like being in D.C. the day and night of the State of the Union? And what are some things that you would be looking for from the president? Right. And I will say um, I was able to be in that chamber once uh, Mm. years ago and I worked for Congressman Makeley at the time. It was um, the Democrat and it was Bill Clinton's. But, you know, um, it's it wouldn't it doesn't get old when you're in that chamber. It's very exciting, you know, and, and it's a very historic speech. And there's obviously um, there's all that part of it. But I would just say that what is going to be very difficult for this, um, you know, not always easy, articulate president, of course, it's all teleprompter, but, um, you know, John, he's not going in on strong footing. And that's probably an understatement. So on top of we have this international, uneasy, raising a lot of questions incident, we also have, as I say, the Russian-Ukraine war. Not only is it not over, there's some troubling um, indications maybe Russia is now gaining again in some yeah. momentum. Um, and John, then he has his own domestic, to me, very troubling, embarrassing mess with his own pile of documents and this whole issue and a special counsel. That's right. And I just don't know how he can look anyone in the face in the camera, I should say, with a straight face and say, I'm running, you know, the cleanest, most transparent administration. And so I, I don't think he goes in in a strong way. Um, I My sense is they wanted to lead on the police, you know, this brutality right. killing in Memphis and that everyone saw. And that was it's brutal and it's very troubling how that played out. But unfortunately, as we know, John, it, he, headlines move quick. Um, 
and you know this is better than anybody. So like, I don't, that's not, that can only take up a part of your speech. Um, and I just think like he, he's not going in on a strong moment. That's for sure. No, he's got to address the balloon. It's a big night down apart for Kevin McCarthy, by the way, who now the entire yes. country will see him, you know, sitting behind the speaker. But I, I think, you know, there's some people speculating, oh, the balloon, that's to distract us from different. I, I disagree. That's that's not the, the balloon is easier actually to understand than the documents. And and it's one of those visuals, people that. You know, it just cut across all lines. It's pretty easy to understand. There's a spy balloon. It's floating over our country, and, and it's a Chinese spy balloon. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a problem. I think always where he runs into problems, and I'm going to be eagerly watching tomorrow night. Yeah. And that is they have the line for him, and then he just goes off script and doesn't ad lib. And he either says, like, and that's right, <laughs> and we'll do it again, or right. you betcha, or that type of thing. That's where I think he's going to be. That's exactly problems. John, if I speak, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I Jay, did want to give in. a quick shout out to Kevin McCarthy, and and I, you know, that sounds silly. Shout out, but I, I want to just make a note of that in that chamber. It is not insignificant. I know that the the Democrats love the long vote and fifteen ballots and all this stuff to get him speaker. You know what? That's a really big deal. Um, he is sitting there as the speaker. He's third in line to the presidency. Yep. Um, I, I've always, I like him. I think that he just, you know, it can be in a tough spot. I think he's statesmanlike in his just sort of um, demeanor um, when he needs to be. And I I'm, I personally am glad for the Republican Party. I, I wanted him to succeed. And I do think that's just like a really big deal. And mm -hmm. I know they didn't have the results they wanted. Nancy Pelosi is not sitting in that seat. That's right. And I think and it's, it's a big deal. And they hold is. the gavels to the committees now. Yep. Now, Donna so. Perry, also, and I sent you this, it was a very extensive story in the New York Times, and it's about Vice President Harris. Yes. And it's something that kind of reinforces something that you've actually consistently said, that she is just someone who is not a serious person. I There's a good quote in that story where Hillary is talking to different individuals and says she just doesn't have good political, political instincts. And... I thought it was interesting. I caught uh, Congressman James Clyburn of South Carolina, and he was doing an interview. and was asked about that, whether or not Biden should actually maybe even consider removing her from the 2024 ticket. And you'd almost expect Clyburn to say something along the lines of, well, he better not. And said, yeah. But he didn't say that. He said it's really up to him. It's his decision. But you really get the sense that I, I think the ship on her has sailed. She she is was kind of a creation of the media. Yeah, it was just the way that it came together. Uh, it was such a fluke campaign where Biden really, because of the COVID, did not have to go out and campaign. But I, I um, you know, you can only get so far. Hers, her priorities. If someone doesn't have it, and I, I think that kind of sums it up that she, she just doesn't have good instincts as far as you know the nervous laugh and the repeating and the. She went underground after that bad interview yep. with Lester Holt about the border. So I'm just curious that that was to me that was a very damaging piece in the times. Uh, I think I think it's very uh, devastating, John. And, and what it's also showing, very critical for her, is that people who you would think would not go against her or they're not going to speak out, as you just said, you know, that's not the case. I think the party especially with this very aging president, John, they, they want a, someone who looks like the heir to the throne yeah. and it is not her. And I will just say, 
as you say, I don't care if you're a person on a town council, if, if you are not a strong speaker to an audience, and she yeah. simply is not. They can no. give her all the speeches they talked about in the piece, how she wanted it rewritten. They're on the plane. You know, they had an hour left and stuff. Um, John, she's just not compelling. No. And she doesn't have the passion for it, anything that, that appears like she's going to, like, this is where I drop the gauntlet. This is where the rubber hits the road. People look for that in an elected person. Like I say, I don't care if you're mayor or you're up at that level. And they just don't see it. She has kind of an odd mix, in my view, of, like, arrogance. And then it's incompetence. And then it's like, I don't want to get my hands dirty. Um, and I will just say about a strong speaker, this is not a woman thing. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples. Like I could disagree all day long with, but Elizabeth Warren, I'll give yeah. an example. I'll give her that. She is very compelling in front of an audience. Yeah. She just has that energy and someone else. And she, she happens to be a Democrat, but like an Amy Klobuchar, she kind of yeah. had like a late breaking campaign. And you remember 2020, but there was something about she can break through. They look like they believe what, they, again, you can disagree but they, they really believe what they're saying. They're passionate. They, they can get angry. And I just don't think Harris, John, is, is that articulate on her feet. I think it's, if it's not written out for, you know, and, and, and we've seen this again and again. So I think she has disappointed the party. Um, and then there's been a lot of other stories and it's not being like snidey stories, John, but apparently she can be very difficult to work with yeah. her oh, staff. Yeah is yep. almost like backstabbing the other staffs and all this kind of stuff. So you're, if you're not a team player and you're with this very elderly president who people feel has some cognitive issues, I think the party feels frustrated and that she is not really in line for that. And one, one quick other point they make in the piece is that they feel that the Republicans can make a big case for against with independent voters. And they're going to yes. say, you vote for Biden yep. with his age, she could very well end up in the Oval Office. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and that, that, that goes against her. Yeah, and that does not help the ticket in any way. Folks, quick break. Uh, much more. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. At Med Urgent Care, when you have an emergency, they specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization, school, and sports physicals. At At Med Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atment urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atment urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, I'm just curious your thought that, and I want to give credit to, I think there's a number of Republican governors, two in particular, but Ron DeSantis 
and uh, and also Governor Yunkin of, of Virginia, but definitely yep. DeSantis. You are, are really hearing what I think is real arguments and a well-answered uh, you know, discussion and making the, the important points for, I, I think you're going to hear more people talk about school choice and how important that should be uh, in, in our country. And I, I think, I'll give DeSantis credit, I think he artic- articulates that as well as anyone. He is really, and his team, I would say, in Yunkin John, but they, they have their ear to the ground yeah. in, as Republicans that we haven't seen this um, in, in, in a long time. And what he is saying and what he is tying together, these very, uh, they are thorny issues, is between school choice, which is a way of saying you have a right to have your tax dollars not go to that local school building that is then yep. playing games with your children's education and the gender ideology uh, and then the CRT and, and these other issues. Uh, we haven't seen like parents of school kids in America, John, being really like sort of advocated for and, and talked to like this in a very, very long time. And you'd have to go back through issues. But I think they have their ear to the ground. And this is, in my view, um, and, and people wouldn't believe it, but I think education issues, which sometimes looks more like it's about budgets, it's going to play big in 2024. I just think that it, it's been playing big in these other contests. Um, you know, in Virginia, Yunkin, it really rode on that wave. And I think that, um, you know, DeSantis is really using some of these policies in his state, John, and I think it's also a testing ground for him that he's going to take that fight national. So he's doing these kind of battles. People, uh, a lot of parents, John, they, they can be a little bit of a sleep at a lot, where a lot of these issues are going until it's at your town, your school, maybe your child. And I, I think that it, when, some, when an issue can get that personal, um, that can be very compelling for people. Yes. And, and there's a lot of evidence that parents, they're not, John, you've covered some of these fights. They, they are, they show up to a school they committee. Do. Yes. Um, yeah. and, that's, and, that, and it becomes their issue. Yes. You know, a lot of times, obviously, like the 2A community, that's their issue. Sometimes the pro-life community, that's obviously their issue. Education and education, it also hits you know, years ago used to be called, you know, Bill Clinton and the soccer moms, but yep. uh, female independent voters, education, the direction things are going, not having control of what the dialogue is in the classroom. I know the the Democrat Party tries to say that it's it's all, oh, it's just the culture wars and that type of thing. But it, it actually hits home when parents start to say, you know, I, I don't appreciate that. I don't know that my child is absolutely you know, using a different pronoun <laughs> yes, or having these thoughts and I don't have the right to know. And, and I think it's one of those things that, that frighten them. Now, Donna Perry, something else, um, th- this one is a little tough for it. I think both of us to be objective just because we've known the guy our entire lives, but former mayor Cranston, Steve Laffey has announced that he is going to seek the presidency. He's going to be apparently moving to New Hampshire um, he, he does have time. He does have money. Mm-hmm. I think what's also interesting about it is, and I sent you, there's a story in the New York times that two, two pretty big organizations for growth, but the other one is the Koch brothers and they're looking, they, they have hit the wall with the Trump candidacy presidency. Yep. They're looking for someone outside. So 
in trying to be objective, and I think it's tough because we both have known Steve for so long and, and yeah. love the guy, but it's I think it's an interesting dynamic and just your thoughts on how the New Hampshire field could shake out and you know is uh, is there enough of an anti-Trump appetite out there or just how you see the New Hampshire field potentially coming together? Sure. And I just want to make a quick note. I mean, I'm very much a fan of, of Laffey and, and yeah. he gave a lot of years to our hometown of Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you talk about fire in the belly that that was Laffey, but I think it's just at a, you know, a little bit of a different level. Um, but you know what, that's his passion. And, and he's a guy that, you know, and he, he has the means he's saying he's going to move to New Hampshire. And um, so I think his passion's in the right place. The, the goal might be, you know, kind of big, but um, that being said, uh, and in terms of what's going to happen with New Hampshire, um, there's also this side issue with New Hampshire from the Democratic side, which is, yes. you know, going to be the actual first state. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be movements on the other side of the aisle about that. And apparently that's not fully settled, but that's just kind of floating out there. I think, um, and I remember um, at a time when Club for Growth out of Pennsylvania really yeah. was a big supporter for Laffey big time. Um, in that Pat Senate Toomey. race. Yeah, Pat Toomey, race. who's now retired, and, and that was great money for him. And he ran, um, got a lot of attention, and he uh, just came up short with the, with the Chafee primary. But um, look, I, I don't think that there is any question uh, with that kind of an article we know how this works. That was that there's a big memo behind all this, John, that was leaked mm. on purpose. Right. They want that out there. The, when you talk about the donor base of the Republican Party it really doesn't get much bigger than the Koch brothers. It really doesn't um, because mm. they are tentacles to many other. You know, there's also this club for growth and then this yep. Americans for prosperity. Big, big money on the conservative side runs through all that. Um, and so I would just say that the um you know there was a lot of uh space they gave to that article and i don't think it's an insignificant development um that's not good news for trump and his quest you know as we've said john he thinks he's going to make the magic again in 24 um i think this is a very big sign they had this big conference apparently in palm mm. springs and you have when they bring people together at that level mm. um they're serious and again yep. they're not afraid to that this stuff gets leaked out intentionally um and they wanted it prom you know prominent new york times it's out there so you know i would just say that there is no question without using his name to say some of the quotes in there john like we feel like the party has to turn the page well i think that's kind of obvious you know what what they're trying to convey there um, I, I think the biggest donors, um, and again, David Cope, they, they've been quoted by saying they've been very disappointed right. that they, and I think those are notable quotes to say mm. what a lot of Republicans and John, you, you do, you talk to a lot of people every day like this, that they're, they're sort of missing the center of what they should be talking about. You know, yeah. they, they're drowning in these rabbit holes on some of this stuff. And they're saying, mm. you're chasing this. And it's not what the public is is voting on. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you wonder, let's just say, and I, I still, like, I think you would agree, for, Trump is just such a force. But how much of a force, right, in New Hampshire? We're not talking about the entire 
all the different states for president. But just looking at New Hampshire, is is he a thirty percent force? Is he a forty percent force or twenty five? Yeah. yeah. I I wonder is DeSantis their guy? Has DeSantis closed the deal? It sure seems that he's getting yeah. closer to jump in. Um, I think a big thing, and I know it's obviously early, but I I think something that you know I always look at what's the lane. So let's just say you know right. he he won't be outworked. The guy's great on the stump. He loves the campaign. I'm going to talk to every voter. But two things that come into play, or I think a big one is if Chris Sununu gets into the race, because yeah, you're yeah. really talking about trying to be Mr. New Hampshire. And right. Sununu is being very visible on the shows. There was a big article about him in the Boston Globe. Um, how, how, how much is he worth, right? Does he pull 20%? Does he beat Trump in New Hampshire? Does he come second? Uh, is the top three Trump, DeSantis, Sununu, or Mike Pompeo is planning on running a serious campaign? Yeah. Nikki Haley is jumping in. Mike Pence, as vice president, had a lot of trips to New Hampshire because it was a battleground state. Um, I noticed that Steve Laffey is using Christian as the first word on his Twitter feed. Well, okay. that's kind of the role. That's kind of the lane to me that Mike Pence would be taking. But Pence has been going up there since 2016. Yeah. So I think what what I think the Sununu thing throws it off because if it was just a Democrat governor, Lappy, I think could almost make the argument. Hey, I went to Bowdoin, which is in Maine, and I used to come up to New Hampshire. And I went to Harvard Business School, and Rhode Island's right there. But I think Sununu as the New England guy, boy, that's a that's a tough one to try to knock out for someone that he just cruised to a big reelection in uh, in November. Well, yeah, and, and I would agree the other thing that you get in a Chris Sununu, remember, um, you know, his father, right? who may be very elderly, but John, they're tight with yeah. the Bush, the Bush that's family right. and the Bush Good dynasty. Yes. Um, his father can deliver. The, that's like serious money and, and yeah. that serious donor Good money. Um, so he is kind of a Charlie Baker kind of moderate yes. lane guy. I think there's a lot of Republicans who feel a little ready for that. I will tell mm. you, um, you talk about the, you know, the suburban house wife or the, you know, the, the moderate lane for a lot of women. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people decry that and say, Oh, the boat's not big enough there. But I would argue that a Sununu and again, tied in with some of the bigger donors and that's the Bush family. Yeah. Um, you know, it, like you say, Chris Sununu is going to be taken very seriously um, on the trail. It's, it, I, it, again, I love Laffey's energy. I think there's a place for him in, in politics for sure, but the, it's kind of, that's like a, the big kind of thing to, to shoot for at this point. Um, yeah. hey, but I would watch everything for, as you know, in politics, it, it just, just is, you know, the um, window and, and Chris Christie now, I think, realizes, uh, former governor, that 2012 was really his window. And then he tried to yep. decide not to, and that was Romney. Folks, again, yep. we'll, we'll see. we got a long way to go on this. She is independent columnist, opinion maker, Donna Perry. DJ, great job, as always. We'll watch the State of the Union. We'll talk to Sure. You. Great. The Kui sit in. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them. 
all year round, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. So the big day, big night, what have you, arrives. I think it's going to be very interesting on how much what is said with President Biden, his State of the Union, which unfortunately I will watch, um, but also just this business as far as um, what he's going to say about the Chinese balloon. I am very interested to hear what they're going to say about it, right? I mean, they're going to have to, he's going to have to touch on it. I don't think he's going to touch on it. He said yesterday that he didn't plan to touch on it, which seems odd. But this is just a preview of his uh, State of the Union address. That's going to take certainly place. well aware of the many challenges he is facing. But tonight in his State of the Union address, he will make the case that the economy is strong and that his policies are working. I'm told he will recognize the real economic anxiety out there, but he will argue that people should feel optimistic. He's going to point to that record jobs report on the unemployment rate at a 53-year low. And he's likely to tout his policies like the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the Inflation Reduction Act, arguing that these policies are making Americans' lives better. But of course, we know that a lot of Americans simply aren't feeling that way. Our latest poll shows that four in 10 Americans say they are actually worse off financially now than when Biden took office. In the speech, he may also likely call for more police reforms, foreign policy, also likely to play a big role here. And of course, looming over all of this, the upcoming presidential race. This is likely the president's largest audience of the year. Tonight, a great opportunity for him to try and outline why he feels he deserves another four years. George. You know, I'm I'm only going to watch it for for admitted entertainment. I mean, I I as I've said, I think a lot of these things have kind of I'm I'm not exactly sure I, I see the need of it. Uh, what is the latest on the balloon, by the way? New details on payload of suspected Chinese spy balloon. Global affairs correspondent Martha Raddatz has been tracking the story for us from Washington. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Robin. A senior U.S. official telling ABC News this morning that they believe they will be able to retrieve the entire payload, Good. that part at the bottom of the balloon that was gathering intelligence. The official said it is damaged, but they are confident they can eventually piece it all together. This morning, recovery crews in the Atlantic scouring the wreckage field from the Chinese spy balloon for sensitive equipment, a debris field the size of more than 15 football fields by 15 football fields. ABC News confirming the first pieces of wreckage now at an FBI lab in Quantico. Saturday's shootdown of the balloon ending its week-long travel over the continental U.S., an F-22 fighter jet finally bringing it down just off the coast of South Carolina. Break one. Last one. The balloon is completely destroyed. An official telling ABC that the spy balloon had optical surveillance capabilities as well as the ability to intercept electronic transmissions. There were at least four previous attempts by China to send a spy balloon over the U.S., but those incursions, brief and off the U.S. coast, were not detected until sometime later, prompting this startling statement from the head of NORAD. It's my responsibility to detect 
threats to North America. I will tell you that we did not detect those threats, and that's a domain awareness gap that we have to figure oh, out. Wow. An official also telling us they believe Chinese spy balloons have flown over more than 40 countries looking at military facilities. The administration says the U.S. was able to gather important information from this spy balloon as it transited the U.S., and they are certain they will be able to fully understand what it was up to when it is pieced together. The U.S. official told me that they believe the balloon had a self-destruct capability, huh. and they're trying to figure out why the Chinese did not use it. One theory is that, like the Pentagon, the Chinese were concerned about destroying the balloon over land for fear there would be casualties on the ground. And there will be numerous classified briefings on the Hill today with all senators briefed on Thursday. <laughs> Biden and the spy balloon. Now... I think this uh, is an interesting piece. AMC Theaters is announcing new ticket pricing. Customers paying based on where their seat is located. So you you pay, you want to go to, you know, go to a movie theater, although the amount of people that are attending is way off. When's the last time you went? Uh, the last film I saw in the theater was Top Gun. I was a big moviegoer, big theater goer. When I lived in New York, I would see sometimes two to three movies a week uh now not so much first of all there's nothing good to see is a big reason for it but i think so now they're going to start doing where your seat is located because you think about it you, you pay the and then you get in there and everyone's in the same same boat if you want that in an amc theater you're going to have to pay extra. The chain announcing a tiered pricing system. So what you're used to at concerts and games is coming to the movie theater. The better the seat, the more you pay. This morning, a surprising new move from mega movie chain AMC. The company announcing they'll start selling tickets at different prices based on where you sit in the theater. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. The plan is to offer three tiers of seating. Preferred tier seats in the middle of the theater will be the most expensive, followed by standard, the most common choice, which the company says will remain the price of a traditional ticket. If you're in the mood for a bargain and don't mind a slight neck cramp, try value, located in the front rows. Those will be the cheapest. AMC has yet to disclose how much the tiers will cost. I know you think I'm crazy. While box office receipts have rebounded since the pandemic, grossing $7.4 billion last year, the numbers are still down 34% compared to 2019. I'm not going to make the same mistake. Leaving theater companies searching for ways to lure customers from the couch to the cinema. I just want to manage expectations. Now, no specifics yet on how AMC plans to enforce this new policy. Right. The average movie ticket price is about $9.17. An adult ticket at AMC theaters, they cost at least $5 more than that on average right now. Depending on where you sit, hmm. you may have to pay even more. Guys. So you're a middleman, and you just said... I like the front, yeah. Maybe I'm just... You know, I, um, I'm going to guess, I don't know, but I w I'm going to guess they're going to have to have that your ticket is going to match the type of seat that you sit in because otherwise i mean when's the last time you don't see there's no more ushers in in the movie theaters there's no i don't think they're going to be able to find anyone that would take those jobs they can't find normal workers so now another big story today we'll have more on it a little bit later is this um six alarm alarm fire in brockton hospital brockton hospital 
And the reason why, it's not because of the size of the fire, but it's because all the patients have to be evacuated. So it's a massive evacuation. Actually, I'm seeing Brockton now, eighth, eighth alarm. Eighth alarm, and from what I understand, it's not so much about the size of the fire. It's the ambulances they need to evacuate all the patients. So very, very active scene. South Shore communities called in. I mean, a lot of people being called in for that number of um of patients that need to be evacuated out of that Brockton hospital. You're listening to the John DePietro show. Get the most of your outdoor space with limitless outdoors. Call today for a free quote 401 580 1852. Limitless outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation. Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream. Build. Enjoy. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link, Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube, or Twitter. It's all right there at the website topetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at topetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website topetro.com. remain healthy stop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can also look for her on facebook but call her 401-305-3585 you know the building it's that historic white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health what do you find inside well first of all great service great selection vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Poppin' and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. 
Stay Healthy at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie, 401-305-3585, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com. <laughs> 